You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a podcast all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. Welcome back to another episode, my lovely friends. It is a gorgeous March day. The world is crazy right now. There's a lot of uncertainty in the air. There's a lot of emotions all over the board. Some people are freaking out. Some people are saying we shouldn't freak out. And it's hard to know where we should be, right? We're getting mixed messages from media. You get mixed things from doctors. And it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time to be alive. Um, I've never experienced anything like this in my lifetime. We've never had anything any uh, illnesses that hit home, you know? I mean, we've we've heard about different illnesses, uh, you know, like Zika, you know, that didn't really affect us unless you were going to be traveling um, down south. I mean, you could you'd see the images of the babies and, and hear the stories from the moms, but personally, it didn't really affect us and it didn't feel real, but it's feeling very real these days. I have talked to some friends who live out in LA, which is... We're on the West Coast, which is where my husband and I want to move within the next couple months. Thank gosh we hadn't already moved. Uh, and it feels very real out there. It's like a ghost town. Uh, I also read that there are, you know, coronavirus looters. People are, are looting stores that are closed, which is just so messed up. I, you know, the worst in people definitely comes out uh, during these type of, of situations. But it doesn't feel like that here. I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, and right in, at this moment, it it seems like kind of a normal day. I mean, other than the fact that schools are out, but I don't have kids, so that doesn't really affect me too much. Um, most of our restaurants and cafes are closed or doing uh, delivery only and takeout. A lot of them are doing that, um, which I think is great. So it doesn't feel as a ghost town as I've heard that some places do. Now, is that only a matter of time? Perhaps so. I mean, what is it going to be like in a day or two or three? I have no idea. Every day is different. And I think this is what is making people feel so uh, uneasy is just the uncertainty with all of this, right? We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how long this is going to last. I mean, they're giving projections of months and months and months, you know, some places said June, I've heard July. I mean, some places say, you know, it won't be over until the fall. So this is creating a lot of anxiety for a lot of us. And how could it not? Of course, the media, I think, can perpetuate the fear that is already kind of surrounding, you know, the state of affairs, the current state of affairs. And I think all of us need to try and, you know, take a step back and realize that what is happening right now in the world is not the end, for sure. I mean, these things have happened in the past. Um... But really, my, my, my issue on 
the fear and panic is that it really gets us nowhere. It serves no one, you know? And what's unfortunate is I feel like in some places and some people, they kind of view it as if you aren't freaking out and if you aren't panicking and losing your mind, then there's something wrong with you. You don't take this seriously. You don't care. You don't care about the old people. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that acting that way and getting unhinged is not serving anyone. It creates a horrible energy, it, which a lot of people are affected by that. Children are affected by it. Animals are affected by it. Our health physically, mentally, of course, it doesn't serve us. And so focusing on trying to keep an, keep an even keel is of the utmost importance for me personally. I try to practice this more so than ever in my life uh, in the past, you know, five years when I learned the effect that chronic stress and stress has on the body in general. And also, I, you know, I've done a lot of work inward, internally, mentally, spiritually, uh, and of course, physically eating certain foods that can help uh, work into my gut health that can also help with my mental health. But spiritually and, and mentally working on that to be more calm and a more calm person and not get as upset as uh, I feel like I used to about or, or be maybe um, affected by things more, triggered by things more. Um, and this should be, you know, kind of a time that we can all reflect on that and, and maybe try to work on it more, you know? I mean, I, I totally get that being inside this amount of time uh, can be unsettling, especially for people who, you know, have children. Um, but for me, I mean, I work from home, so it's not that big of a difference other than not being able to go sit at a coffee shop and see some humans, which I like to do. <laughs> um, but the COVID-19, you know, there's a lot of theories. I, I personally do feel like there's more than just a virus happening. I think that we need to accept that we're never told the whole truth. There is always activity behind the curtain. Always. You know, uh, you know, when you think of it in terms of like a play, um, let's we're basically the audience, right? We're the audience watching the play happen, watching it unfold, watching, you know, the news tell us how we're supposed to feel. But there is always things happening behind the scenes. Whether there is some type of financial incentive for all of this or making it, you know, worse, trying to collapse something. I don't know. I'm open to it. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not closing off the possibility that there's something else happening. I do believe that there is something. I just don't know what it is, obviously. And whether we'll ever find out. I don't know. All I can do is focus on how I react and how I, uh, you know, come across to those around me, how I deal with it emotionally, and how I stay sane <laughs> through this crazy time. I think that there are multiple things for all of us that we can do to try 
to be more balanced about all this. One is going to certainly be to get off the darn internet. (laughs) You know, I mean, we are constantly bombarded, you know, with, with the news nowadays. You can get it 24-7 every second of the day, every day of the week. It doesn't matter. You can find news. You can find theories. You can find people losing it. You can see videos of how it feels in other countries and other cities. And that is going to affect us. You know, I was talking about the other day that I feel like back in the day when crazy things would happen, you know, you read the newspaper once a day and then that's that. So you wouldn't, if it wasn't happening in your own town, then it it didn't affect you emotionally as much. Now there are pros to cons to both of that, to both of these scenarios, right? I mean, it is amazing that we are so connected to the rest of the world and it's great to be empathetic for others, Right. And to be able to see how other people live and what they are experiencing right now and feel empathy for them and feel compassion for them, right? But at the same time, it's bombarding us and it's it's over over, uh, stimulating, right? And then it's going to make us worry more. (laughs) Um, So I think limiting the internet time and limiting what you're what you're following or what you're looking at. I mean, if it's a bunch of pictures of puppies and kitties and, you know, baby pigs jumping around, then I am all for it. <laughs> that will brighten anybody's day and that is a good way to uh, a great escapism is happy things like that. But constantly reading, watching, listening to news stories all about the coronavirus is going to affect our subconscious and our conscious mind because also we have to imagine that certain news channels are going to spin things and focus on a lot of the negative and perhaps it's not on purpose I don't know maybe it is but I read an article recently and it was talking about the H1N1 outbreak in 2009 and it was comparing how different countries handled it and you know, how there were some countries that were focusing on their media was focusing on how to stay well, how to, you know, protect yourself, X, Y, Z. And then there were other countries that were, the news was just constantly over and over and over about, oh my gosh, there's this many outbreaks today. Oh, and there was this. And that just creates, you know, that, that, that energy, that anxiety, that, panic that hysteria and if you're watching that over and over and over it is going to affect you it's impossible for it to not so limiting our exposure to these social media outlets or the news is going to be helpful I mean this goes across the board no matter whether there's a pandemic or not because a lot of times the news is negative things and in our minds we just think that the whole world is going to shambles, which I kind of sort of think it is, but I don't need to be reminded about that every second. I just need to try to focus on what I can do in my own life to try and help, you know, my those around me or the planet and that type of thing. So I think that that's kind of a main thing. And of course, if you are stuck at home, which many of us are, depending on what industry you're in and what kind of work you do, but... The time that you're not working and you're in your house, 
we need to all try to find ways that are going to be productive emotionally, physically, whatever those are, that is not just binge watching Netflix. And hey, I am all for it. (laughs) I certainly have binge watched quite a few shows in my life. But we can only do so much of that, right? If we're going to all have to be inside for weeks and weeks, we're going to have to figure this out. So I implore you (laughs) to explore more meditation at this time. I am going to be focusing on this for the next couple of weeks. I had have not been doing it as much as I would like to. So I am going to try to use this time to get back into a practice of meditation. If that is something new to you, then I encourage you to download one of the m- many different apps that are on uh, available to us. The one I have is called the Insight app and Insight Timer. Um, it's free, but there's there's a lot of different ones. So kind of go through and see, you know, which one looks best to you and try it out. There are some guided, lots of guided meditations on these apps. So if you're new to it, uh, that's a good way to get into it. And I think exploring meditation and just quiet time can be helpful during this strange period that we're in. And if you have kids, then um, of course, that's going to be more difficult. But when if they take naps, I mean, obviously, that would be a good time. And it doesn't have to be long. I mean, I think that that's kind of a misconception. Um, 10 minutes a day, you know, especially starting out. And you could try to work up from that. But 10 minutes a day could be hugely beneficial for mental and physical health. I I know people who have healed themselves through meditation and I've heard, you know, that's anecdotal, but I've also heard of studies that have been done that have studied people meditating and healing their bodies, healing scars. Um, so this is something I'm going to be focusing on while we are stuck in doors. Um, of course, getting plenty of rest, that's kind of a no brainer and probably be easier now you can't go to that party (laughs) um or shouldn't probably go to that party I suppose eating healthy I feel like whenever there's something like this it happens whether it's a hurricane in southeast we experience that a lot or whatever reason that we might be stuck indoors we can oftentimes reach for that junk food first but This time, more than ever, I think we need to be focusing on eating healthy as much as we can because that is going to affect how we feel physically and mentally. So if we're stuck inside and this would be a good way to keep healthy, not only just because uh, a healthy body is going to be able to fend off an illness better, right? So if we were exposed to something, if our body is healthy and our immune system is healthy, then of course we will be less susceptible to getting that virus or that cold or whatever that is coming our way. So that's a huge reason. But also eating healthy makes you feel better mentally and physically. So huge. So try to eat healthy. Cook those delicious plant-based meals with all your yummy produce. And some other activities, of course, would be 
trying to work out inside, maybe do yoga, maybe find some videos online. So you're still getting that body moving because I know for me, my gym just announced yesterday that they would be closing (laughs) and I'm super bummed out because that, I guess, made it feel even more real for me because it, before that, you know, some of the restaurants were closing, but I don't know, just like my gym closing made it feel like, oh, wow, it's really happening here. You know, I've heard about it from a lot of friends in different places and how it's affecting them in bigger cities. But here in the smaller, my smaller town compared to LA or New York, it just really hasn't, um, hasn't felt like much until, until that, I feel like. So, you know, I think those are kind of the main things that, you know, also, uh, I'd like to add, you know, calling someone, I mean, I know for people who live alone, that could be tough. So, you know, get on the phone and call a loved one, call your best friend, FaceTime them. I mean, this is a great time to catch up with friends. Maybe you haven't had a chance and you've been trying to catch up with your friends who moved away or don't live in the same city as you anymore. And this is a great opportunity. You probably have some more free time than usual. So you could do some FaceTime video chat. That could be really helpful. Or also, you know, for those people who you do think need some extra communication, you know, that are maybe more secluded or cut off from the rest of the world, then try to reach out to them. So those are just a few things because I feel like when with this pandemic that's happening, you know, we we all feel slightly out of control. Like we we don't know what's happening, what is going to happen next, but we actually do have more control than we think. And then focusing on those things that we can control. We can control what we put in our body, the foods we put. We can control how we go about our day. We can control our thoughts. I mean, we really can. We can't let our thoughts run away with us because they will. And we can't let our minds control us. This is where meditation could come in and be huge. So I want to chat a little bit about the silver lining of all of this because I think that we can learn a lot from this situation. No matter what the reason for it, like I said, I don't know if there's other things going on, but I do think there could be a lesson learned in several different areas. Certainly how we treat animals, considering this virus along with pretty much most of the other big viruses that swept through the world uh, were created was because of how we treated animals, how we raised them the meat that we were eating that came from them, the flesh from the animals and, you know, putting them in these unnatural situations and unnatural settings to where, you know, different species were um, exposed to other species that they wouldn't normally be exposed to. So that should be a lesson learned and certainly a wake-up call. Another lesson could certainly be what we focus our energy on, what we focus our attention on in our modern society, and what is truly important at the end of the day. I mean, when stuff like this happens, it's a time to reflect and be like, oh, 
yeah, like all that other stuff doesn't matter. Like what really matters is my family and who I care about and the planet, you know, my health and their health. And those are the only real things, right? The economy and all that. Yeah, that is scary, but it's not real in a way, you know, what's real is relationships and those that we love. Those are what really matter. And so this is a time for reflection. It's a time to go inward. It's also a time to realize what we do to the planet. So in China right now, there are plenty of cities that are seeing blue skies and clouds for the first time in ages because all the factories are closed. This is unfathomable. You want to talk about like not understand, like, you know, things not being, not seeming real because it's not happening, you know, in your hometown or whatever. That is crazy to me, right? There are places that literally don't see blue skies because it's so polluted. So the silver lining is certainly that the Mother Earth is getting a break here. She is finally able to breathe. I mean, it's like, you know, a smoker just sitting there, just blowing smoke into your face forever and ever. How awful, right? This is how she's felt. And now with the transportation and just basically the global economy on a halt, she is finally able to take a deep breath. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so some of the stuff that I've read about in China, for sure, it says the, the average number of Good quality air days, quote, has increased by 21.5% in February compared to the same period last year. 21.5. Is that what I said? Or 25.5? Uh, 21.5. So that is just unfathomable. I've never been to China personally. So if you have, then you probably understand that. Um, this other headline and article says that basically you know the empty the cities are empty and the industrial production has stalled and so in turn the coronavirus has cut China's carbon emissions by 100 million metric tons that is apparently close to what Chile emits in a year so there you go y'all Something positive, right? And since we're talking about air quality in China and the air pollution, uh, another crazy stat and number is that air pollution there kills 1 million people per year. Uh, there's a NASA satellite image from the past few months that you can find and see um, visually how, you know, the the toning down of our economic activity, how it has impacted the air quality there. You can visually see it on a graph um, or on a satellite image. So it's significantly lower. Uh, nearly every day in China, 2,700 people die from air pollution. Many are resulting from long-term air pollution, but there are also short-term ones as well. So, I mean, <laughs> that is per day. And we, so like in two days, they would have the equivalent of what deaths we've had from the coronavirus right now. So, 
you know, I mean, I think that this is a wake up call, hopefully. Um, I don't know if it'll be a wake up call for China, but it should be a wake up call for all of us. And, you know, just recognizing the impact that we have on this place. Right. Um, so I, I learned about this from Mike, the vegan. If you do not follow him on YouTube, you absolutely should. He is amazing. Um, and so he's basically not saying that, not trying to say that like the coronavirus is a good thing, but you know, he's just trying to focus here. The main focus is the impact of that we have on the planet and, you know, the pollution and the destruction that we cause um, and the deaths that result in the way we behave and the way we treat this place and how, you know, maybe the coronavirus or things like this is a good thing in that it's shedding light on this. It's also, of course, shed light on the wildlife markets and the wet markets, which I spoke about that a couple weeks ago um, because most people had no idea about that. I think I had watched something years ago maybe about this. I don't even know. I, I don't know. Um, but if you haven't already researched that, please do. Uh, that wildlife farming in China is a 74 billion dollar industry um they trap i mean a lot of these animals are um endangered most of them are they are uh actually farming them which sounds weird because in our minds we think oh they're wildlife and they're going and hunting them they are literally farming wildlife that have not been domesticated and then selling them in these wild in these wildlife markets um so one of the things uh, that has come out recently and is kind of a theory of where the virus originated. I'm sure you probably have heard about the bat aspect of it, but the other aspect is the pangolin. Uh, so they're thinking that it came from uh, pangolin and then um, a bat. Basically, there was a virus on the pangolin that was able to jump into the bat and then it, you know, mutates and then forms, creates like a new virus. Um so, yeah, if you haven't never heard of a pangolin, please check them out. <laughs> they are literally one of the most precious little cute creatures on the planet. They also happen to be one of the most heavily trafficked animals on the planet that is going extinct. But in China, they think that the pangolin holds all these medicinal properties and they think it's healing. They think the scales, literally these little creatures have little scales. They kind of look like an armadillo and uh, an anteater together. I mean, they're so cute. They're so, they're small, um, but they have like a little armor. They roll up in a little ball and they have lots of scales. So in China, they think that these scales hold 77 different medicinal uh, cures. That's what they think. <laughs> uh, the scales on these little creatures basically are fingernails. That is what they are made of that the same materials that are our fingernails it makes no sense whatsoever to think that that would hold any type of value of healing anything go eat some plants y'all you know <laughs> um so they are literally trafficking these little animals um to extinction and it seems that the government is kind of just turning a blind eye on this and also there is a loophole so you know a lot of the wildlife markets that we I've read articles and it's like, oh, this is so great. Like they've been closing. They're being banned right now. Blah, 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 blah. But there are loopholes 
for medicinal ingredients and medicinal things. So if there is a little creature that they are murdering for quote unquote medicinal purposes, that is a loophole. They can get, they are still doing it. So, um, yeah, that's disturbing. Uh, share, share that news <laughs> with others so that hopefully we can put more pressure on, on their government to actually stop this from happening. Um, of course, I've said it before. I think that what we do over here to animals is, is appalling and it needs to stop as well. But, uh, and we can, we can try to stop all of it. We can, we can try to stop the factory farms and we can, I mean, because if we keep treating animals this way and, and treating nature this way, that we're going to keep having these horrible diseases and viruses and, and they're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger until they kill way more of us. And I think that this should be, like I said, a wake up call of trying to live more harmoniously with nature and stop eating animals because they're not serving us any, in any good. Not physically, not mentally, and absolutely not spiritually. This is not aligning with how I feel humans at the core and what our true values are. We're just kind of blinded. Uh, it's not serving us. It does not align with us. No good whatsoever. We're sicker than ever because we eat all of this meat that is sad and scary. Um, so that is kind of what I, yeah, the silver lining. Sorry, I don't want to end on the negative note here. <laughs> Um, I will end on some positive notes. So at one time, they were saying that the case fatality rate was around 3%. That is what they originally were thinking. It was around 2 to 3. But that has since changed over the last couple weeks, and it is much lower. So that's good news. Experts now calculate it to be more around 1.4% case fatality. So, of course, we've heard it is affecting old people, more old people than young people. Not that we want our old people to pass away, but um, certainly if you have small children, you should not be too worried. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't take it seriously, but uh, there have literally been no fatalities as of now from children, and they have rarely experienced any severe cases with kids. So it seems they are the strongest, which does make sense that the, the younger would be stronger and the older would be more susceptible. But, you know, I read from Dr. Zach Bush, who also is absolutely amazing. And if you don't know about him, you should check him out. Um, he wrote basically that he's a doctor um, and he had not been posting very much about, he hadn't posted anything about the coronavirus. I think he was just kind of waiting, waiting it out, but he had a lot of pressure from his followers and you know, people who admire him to, what do you have to say about this? What are your thoughts? You know? So he said that this is literally a quote from him. He said, I will begin by saying respiratory illnesses are one of the most common causes of death worldwide. Thus have claimed lives of many thousands of people in recent months. Each year, a vast variety of microbial sources contribute to these infections. This year, a proportion of our global deaths from pneumonia will include the presence of COVID-19, not likely to be the cause of death, just as with influenza. It is a secondary bacterial infection that typically are the cause of the death. 
the loss of these loved ones has a profound impact regardless of the vector. COVID-19 seems merciful in the sparing of children and young adults, but we should be saddened by the loss of our elders in a Western culture that has long forgotten to see, respect, and give close ear to our elders. May this respiratory virus teach us of the mistakes we have made in disconnecting from nature and warring against the foundation of microbiome. If we choose to learn from rather than fear this virus, it can reveal the source of chronic disease epidemics that are the real threat to our species. When we separate ourselves from nature and destroy our diverse ecosystems, nature's system of checks and balances kicks in. Mother Earth is striving for life. We need to align ourselves with nature. It is not the virus we we should fear, but instead the human behavior that created the biologic pressure for the mutation of this to occur and the emerging immune system vulnerability of our global population we have collectively created. It is critical we create universal adoption of regenerative agriculture and human health practices. Um, So I will leave you with that. And I think that's a really great way to end it. I think that we can learn a lot from this virus and learn a lot from how we've reacted about it and also how um, how interconnected we are and how much we rely on each other, you know, on just connection in general. This is, this is hard. This is hard being stuck inside with, you know, just a few people <laughs> and not seeing your friends as often and not getting out into public. And I think it, it also shows, you know, how tribal we really are and how important community is and not being able to touch and um, embrace others is is difficult because we are humans and that is ingrained in us is touch and communication and community. So um, please be sure to like, subscribe and share to this podcast. I would really appreciate it. And if you would like to, you can also sign up for my newsletter. I send out secret recipes and tips, recommendations every month. Also, if you or someone you know is trying to ramp up their health or they have some type of healing that they are wanting to do, whether it's mind, body, spirit, uh, physical or, you know, mental aspect, please shoot them uh, my information. I do health coaching. I do a 12-week program. So that entails uh, weekly meal guides, a recommendation plan tailored to each client. So it is specifically for your needs and what your kind of goals are and your concerns. Then we talk every week. Um, Some clients want to talk just about food. Some want to talk about more of the emotional aspect and what's going on with them. So I can Uh, It's more of a therapy session. It's just whatever resonates with the client because everybody is different and our way of healing is is totally individual. You know, some of us need more healing from within and mental uh, and some of us need more guidance on the food aspect. We don't know what the heck we should be eating, especially when you're trying to go plant-based. That can be daunting at times. So be sure to check that out on my website. There is a page that says talks about coaching and what all that entails. And if you want a complimentary consultation, you can find out how to contact me all about that on my website. So be sure to do that. Also, if you are enjoying this podcast, finding it valuable and would like to support it a little bit, you can tip me 
via tip link. There is a little icon on my website. It looks like a gold coin. It's in the bottom right-hand corner. There's also a button that is gold that says support. You can tip as little or as much as you'd like. And if you or someone you know is a blogger, podcaster, YouTuber, writer, artist, musician, anyone really who is creating some type of content that you're posting on the internet, I think tip link is for you. TipLink is a platform that lets your supporters tip you money. So if they're enjoying and finding value in what you're doing, they can give you a little boost. It can be as little or as much as you'd like. Uh, There are some other platforms out there that require people to sign up for subscriptions. I, for one, have enough subscription that's in my life and I don't want another one. And I certainly wouldn't want to ask my supporters to sign up for another one. And this allows them to tip you as much or as little as they want whenever they want. So check that out at tiplink.com. Obviously, you can check that out on my website too. You can tip, you know, a dollar, five dollars, whatever you um, are feeling like, you know, and I think this is a great way to help small businesses uh, who are trying to create things on the internet because this is the world we live in, right? People are providing so much on the internet and we are all benefiting from it in some way or another, whether it's through, you know, music or uh, listening to informative podcasts, watching videos on how to cook. I mean, there's so much that we, wonderful information and, and content that is being created on the internet. And this is a great way to help monetize that and and help out your fellow fellow humans, right? So I hope that all of you are staying safe and staying sane. I really think this could be a great time for all of us to explore what is important to us, you know, the people, the relationships we have, and the planet that we live on because we have no other place to go. So, and why would we want to, right? This place is awesome. We just need to take care of it a little bit better. So until next time, my lovely friends, peace and plants. Peace and plants.